Well, good morning. My name is Michael. I am uh, grateful that you are here this morning taking some time on a Sunday morning to be with us. And just in case no one has said this to you yet, it is National Coffee Day. So happy Coffee Day to all my coffee-drinking friends. Make sure that you get some plenty of coffee uh, on your way out uh, today. Uh, Thankful that you are here. I wanted to start by uh, asking a question, a question that I've been thinking about now uh, for a couple months. Uh, And the question is this, has following Jesus become too easy? Has following Jesus in somehow, some way, has it just become too easy? Now, full disclosure, I actually like easy. That's why I will never go camping because camping is so not easy. Difficult, complicated, and just, I don't know why people go camping, but I'm a fan of easy. Now, we live in a culture that actually thrives on easy. Now, I'm not suggesting that we don't have people that enjoy working hard. We're a people that work hard, uh, but we're often also a people that prefer comfort and convenience as best as we possibly can. And so when I'm thinking about this question as following Jesus become too easy, What I'm really asking is, has following Jesus really become just about going to church when you can, reading your Bible when you get a chance to throughout the week? Has following Jesus really become just, you know, spending some time in prayer when you think to spend some time in prayer or connecting with some other folks when you have, you know, a chance in your schedule? or maybe serving when it is a little bit more convenient for you to serve, or, you know, maybe giving money to support your local church when you actually have some money uh, to give. So has Jesus really, following Jesus, really become about certain things that we definitely do, and has it become about certain things that we just definitely don't do? Has following Jesus really become just about a list Now, over the past few months, I've been reading, rereading through the Gospels. And if you're not familiar with the Gospels, the Gospels are the accounts of Jesus and His life and His teachings, His interactions with people. And so as you read through the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I'm not sure if you've noticed this before, but when I'm reading through the Gospels, it would seem that Jesus actually discourages people from following Him. I don't know if you've noticed that before, but it would seem that Jesus is discouraging people from following him. And I say that because Jesus makes clear that there's not going to be anything easy, comfortable, or convenient in following him. Actually, the picture that Jesus painted in the gospel leaves you wondering, well, gosh, why would anyone actually want to follow Jesus? If this is what following Jesus is like and what following Jesus means and this is about, I'm kind of scratching my head as I read through the Gospels thinking, why would anyone actually want to follow Jesus? Now, I'm going to come back to that question here in a few minutes, but I wanted to take some time to actually unpack the biblical picture of what it means to follow Jesus. I think we understand the concept of following in our day and age, but I want to make sure that we understand when Jesus would invite someone to follow Him what it actually meant for that person to follow. When Jesus invited a handful of individuals to follow him, they had no idea where they were going to go. They had no idea what was going to happen along the way. But the one thing that they did know, without a shadow of a doubt, is followers become like the one they follow. 
They didn't know where they were going and all that they'd see along the way, but they did know in first century culture that to be invited to follow someone, that in time you would become like the one that you follow. Again, everyone in the first century knew that when a rabbi would invite you to follow him, he was not inviting you uh, just to learn some more head knowledge and have a little bit more information. Really, it was an invitation not to learn something, but to become something, namely to become like the individual that had invited you to follow them. This is the invitation that a handful of individuals received uh, back first century, almost 2,000 years ago. This is in the Gospel of Matthew, and Jesus has an interaction with two sets of brothers. One day, Jesus, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing their net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, "'Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men.'" And they left their nets at once, and they followed him. Uh, a little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Now, two things that I want to share with you about what they would understand a life of followership would look like. Number one, to be someone who would follow someone meant that you would be with that person. And number two is that you would learn something from that person. So really two things to remember about this passage is being with and learning from. That's how they would understand biblical followership. So I want to unpack what does it mean to actually be with Jesus in a life of following Him. See, being with Jesus is not just checking in once in a while throughout the day and just saying, hey, are we still good? Rather, following Jesus, being with Jesus means going with Him where He's going. It means keeping in step with Jesus where Jesus is choosing to walk. It's been said that following Jesus is less like joining a club and more like jumping on a moving train. So being with Jesus is more than just reading the Bible a few days a week. It's more than just spending some time in prayer. It's more than just serving and giving and connecting. Being with Jesus simply means He is taking the lead in your life. Following Jesus, being with Jesus means He is taking control of your life. He has the final say in your life. It is His way, not your way. Now, let me revisit the question I asked at the very beginning. Has following Jesus become too easy? Have we somehow made following Jesus about inviting Jesus to be with me, inviting Jesus to go with me where I want to go on any given day, any given week? Has followership of Jesus actually turned the table of me inviting Jesus to travel the path that I ultimately want to walk? So I think just a hard question for us to consider, if you are, are a follower of Jesus, would be this, who's following who in this relationship? Who is following who in this relationship? Because when Jesus invited a group of guys on the beach to follow Him, they were clear that to follow Jesus meant to be with Jesus where Jesus was going. But following also means being with, but also learning from. 
This is something that Jesus said in Matthew 11, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So learning uh, for Jesus was not so much about just, I have some information that I want you to know in order for you to pass a spiritual test at the end of the week. Rather, learning for Jesus was, I want you to learn about what I love, and I want you to learn about what I value, and I want you to learn about what I care about, and I want you to learn about what is most important to me. So following meant learning more and more about the one you are following. So what he loves, you love. What he values, you value. What he cares about is the very thing that you care about. What was most important to him is the most important thing to you. So again, it's not learning information. It's learning about what he loves and values and cares about and saw most important. So to be a follower meant seeking Jesus as your teacher, which would mean assuming a posture of humility that you and I, we have something to learn from Jesus. Again, not just head knowledge, but learn what he loves and cares about and values. And so taking a posture of humility is so crucial to being in relationship to Jesus. We can't learn unless we're taking that posture of humility for where there's a lack of humility, there will always be a lack of teachability. If we take the attitude of pride, I just don't have much more to learn because I already know a lot, well, then we'll miss learning what Jesus is trying to ultimately teach us. And so again, a question, if you are a follower of Christ, what is the teacher teaching you today? Maybe just think back over the last week or two. What would you say that the teacher has been teaching you? And are you actively learning what the teacher is trying to teach to you? Again, not just head knowledge, but what is the teacher trying to teach about what he cares about, what he loves, what he values, what's most important? And is it internalizing to what you care about, what you love, and what you value above all things? Again, followership, it's about being with, and it is about learning. But the end goal of being a follower of being with Jesus and learning from Jesus is you'd be like the one you're following. When Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Anyone want to take a guess why he said that? He said it because that's who he is. He is a fisher of men. And so when Jesus invited a group of individuals to follow, he painted a picture of who they would become because that's who he was and what he was like Jesus came to make a way for all people to know and have right relationship with God. So to become more and more and more like Jesus means fishing for people like he did. It means loving people like he did. It means going to people where they are. It means being available to people uh, throughout the day, throughout the week. It means being open to all people, not just some people. So being with Jesus will take time, uh, being like Jesus will take time for sure, but what I don't want anyone to miss here is followers become like the one they follow. This is the very thing that Jesus said in Luke. He said, a disciple, uh, a follower is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. Jesus is saying, in time, you will become like me, care about what I care about and love what I love. And so the question that I would ask in light of just that one verse, is it possible to be a follower of Jesus and look nothing like Jesus? Like, is it possible to say that you are following Jesus, but 
you just don't look anything like him. And I think maybe you would guess the answer, the biblical answer would be, of course not. To be a follower and look nothing like the one you follow would simply mean you're not following. It would mean you're not being with or you're not learning from. Now, again, I've already said this, but just to be clear, it takes time, like a lot of time. It's a journey and it's a process of looking more and more like Christ. But the key to being a follower is being with and learning from. And as time goes on of being with and learning from, you look more and more like the one that you are following. If you were to consider who you look like today, and I don't mean your physical appearance, but if you were to consider you and who you are, what you look like today, would it be obvious that you've been with and are learning from Jesus? No one knows you like you, other than God. No one knows you like you, so as you know you, where you are and who you are, would it be obvious to you and to others around you that man, that woman, they've been with Jesus. That man, that woman, they are learning from Jesus because they look a lot like what I know and understand Jesus to look like. If we're not looking more and more like Jesus, it's just simple. We're probably not being with and learning from. Now, I want to go back to the question to consider again. Have we in our culture, and I'm speaking just everyone here, not just American culture, but just us here in this room, have we made following Jesus something different than it actually is? Have we made following Jesus a bit easier, more palatable for us to swallow? Because as you read through the Gospels, it would seem Jesus discouraged people from following Him. I want to give you a few examples of what I mean when I say that. In Luke's Gospel, there are some people who approach Jesus, and they seem really excited to actually follow Him. They actually make pretty clear, we want to go with you. We want to become your followers. And this is how Jesus responded to these individuals, to their, to their request to follow. Luke uh, chapter 9, verse 57, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to even lay His head. A little bit confusing. He just said he wants to follow you. What is that response? Verse 59, he said to another person, come follow me. And the man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. I don't know, seems a bit insensitive. Imagine if one of your mom or dad died and Jesus' response was, let the dead bury their own dead. And then he goes on, another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Three individuals, first individual says, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to go with you where you're going. And Jesus' response, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but if you're going to come follow me, you're going to need to know that we're going to have to do a lot of camping together because there's going to be a lot of homelessness along the path of following me. It's not going to be an easy road in following me. The second individual who said, 
Jesus, my dad has just died, and Jesus says, let the dead bury their dead. In other words, Jesus is saying to this individual, hey, skip the funeral, friend, because there's some kingdom work that needs to get done as first priority above all priority. The third individual who wanted to just say goodbye to his family before actually following Jesus, well, Jesus' response to him is, hey, if you're going to follow me, following means being all in. No time to look back, even if it's for your family, because we've got kingdom work ahead. Again, in this moment, this story, it would seem that Jesus is seeking to talk this group out of following him. And by the way, this is not the only time that Jesus does this. In John's gospel, as Jesus is talking and engaging the crowds, teaching the crowds, it is filled with people who are interested and wanting to follow Jesus. And this is what Jesus tells them. One of the strangest altar calls you'll ever hear. John 6, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh, drinks my blood, remains in me and I in him. Now, if you're one of the 12 disciples, you've got to be thinking, Jesus, come on. Not the eat my flesh, drink my blood message. Like this is prime opportunity to gain and gather more followers together. Can't you give some different message than this cannibalistic message? Well, it didn't work because in John 6, it says at this point, many of his disciples turned away and they deserted him. Or maybe another example, when Jesus crossed the path with a guy who's only known as the rich young ruler. Now, again, if you're one of the followers, one of the 12, you've got to be thinking to yourself, Jesus, this guy's got some money. We do not have to camp out anymore. If we get him, he can start giving to the cause and we can start staying actually inside somewhere. So I'm thinking that the disciples are like, Jesus, please, not the eat my flesh message to this guy. Let's, let's get this guy on, on team Jesus. Well, this is what Jesus says to this guy. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go sell, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Really? Jesus, you are telling him to give up everything that he has, to sell it, to give to the poor, and then to come follow you. Jesus, couldn't you do like maybe 50% and just say, hey, we'll start with 50, and then we'll kind of increase as we go? We hear these messages from Jesus and are tempted to say or to think, well, Michael, he didn't really mean all of that. He wasn't really wanting this guy to give up everything. He really wasn't wanting that guy to skip his dad's funeral and not say goodbye to his family. He was just speaking, you know, in hyperbole. Well, if we conclude that Jesus didn't really mean that, then we'd also need to conclude that Jesus had said a lot of things about following him that he just probably didn't mean as well. And if we do that, all we are doing is redefining for ourselves what it means to follow Christ. And what I mean when I say that is we're defining it in ways in order to make it a little bit easier for us to follow Christ. So the question is, was Jesus really trying to dissuade people from following him? And the answer obviously is no. He's not trying to dissuade or discourage people from following him. But what he is doing is inviting people to count the cost. That's exactly what Jesus is doing in each of these stories. 
He's inviting people to count the cost of what following him will actually mean. We understand this language of count the cost. If you're going to start a home renovation project, you're going to count the cost. Can I actually see this project through? If you're going to look for maybe a new career and head in a new direction, before you do that, you are going to count the cost. Can I actually do what I'm wanting to do? Can I actually accomplish this? Pretty much before we do anything in life, whether it's buying something, beginning something new, starting a new relationship, heading in a new direction, before we do anything, we are a people who will count the cost before we head in that direction. This is exactly what Jesus is doing in each of these passages. He wants people to count the cost of what a life of following Jesus will actually mean for them. Now, if someone were to ask you, hey, what does it really mean to follow Jesus? What would you say? If we're being honest, how many of us would say, well, following Jesus means you're going to go to church, you're going to start reading your Bible, you'll probably pray, you'll want to start giving some money, you'll want to connect with some other people. How many of us, if, if we're being honest, would answer the question through the lens of a list? Because if we did, I think if Jesus were to hear us answer the question of what it means to follow him through the lens of a list, I think Jesus would be gracious, but I think he would simply tell us, what on earth are you talking about? What are you talking about following me as following some list that we have created? Because as you turn to Luke's gospel again, Jesus could not have made it any clearer as what following Jesus would actually mean. In Luke chapter 9, then he said to them all, this is the crowds he's speaking to, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. There was a young man who lived in um, Nazi Germany time and actually lived in one of the death camps, the concentration camps. And he was really struggling with this passage in Luke 9, really struggling with how do you follow Jesus in the midst of so much evil and pain and suffering and darkness? And his response to Luke chapter 9, he said this, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. That's a reference from Dietrich Bonhoeffer who wrote a great book called The Cost of Discipleship in thinking about this invitation to be a follower. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Now, I realize that message, that invitation does not fly in the culture that we live in because the culture that we live in, the invitation is, hey, you can do whatever you want to do. Whatever you put your mind to, go for it. Whoever you want to be, go for it. Whatever your dream is, live out your dream. Well, that's the cultural invitation, but that invitation clearly flies in the face of the invitation that Jesus gave of deny yourself, pick up your cross daily, and follow me. When you were thinking through how you would tell someone what it means to be a follower of Christ, did you think about that? Did you think about, gosh, you really want to know what it means to follow Christ? It means you've got to deny yourself, meaning life's not going to be about you. You've got to pick up your cross, meaning there's going to be some hardship. There's going to be some suffering. 
And it's a life about following someone else, no longer you. It's being with and learning from. When you get that invitation and you begin to count the cost, really what you're doing in this moment of counting the cost is you're starting to ask yourself this question, is it worth it? Again, when we count the cost in anything that we do before we do it, we're asking, is it worth it to take this job, this new relationship, to do this renovation project? Is it worth it? And what Jesus is wanting to get us all to a point of, is it worth it to follow me? In light of deny yourself, pick up your cross, and come follow, is it worth it? Is Jesus worth it? Is Jesus worth giving up my life, my preferences, my way, my plans, my direction, my dreams, my hope? all in order to follow Jesus. I wrestled with this question roughly about 30 years ago um, when I was 17, 18 years old. And as I was beginning to just wrestle, wrestle with this question, is it really worth it? Because the invitation from everyone else is, Michael, do whatever you want to do. Man, you could be so successful at so many other things and chase this, pursue this. I remember wrestling with the question, but is it worth it to deny self pick up a cross, and follow. And as I began counting the cost, I remember reading this passage and coming to the very next verse. And it's a question that Jesus asked and in many ways changed the trajectory of my life. In Luke 9, verse 20, uh, 25, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very soul? That stopped me in my tracks. What good is it if you gain the whole world, you gain all the money, you gain all the fame, you gain all the degrees and the recognition and the, and the platitudes, what good is it if you gain all of that and so much more, but you forfeit your soul? Because what Jesus is doing in this question is He's reminding us of this very important truth. There's nothing more valuable than our soul. There's nothing more valuable than your soul and my soul. And again, this is not the message culture will promote when it invites us to follow ourselves, do whatever we want. But again, before you head down that road of saying yes to that invitation to chase your dreams, you need to count the cost. Is it worth it to go down a path that ultimately is about you? Because the consequence of going down that path is you miss being made right with God, both now and eternally speaking. Jesus made clear there is only one way to know a holy God. There is only one way to actually have all of our sins, past, present, future, completely wiped out, forgiven. There's only one way to have peace with God, and that one way was through following Jesus. So when you make the decision to follow Jesus, what you're deciding to do is Jesus, I'm trusting your life that was sinless. I'm trusting your death. And Jesus, I'm also trusting your resurrection, that that's what is going to make my soul right now and with God for eternity. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to follow Jesus? Jesus didn't discourage people from following Him, but He loved them enough to say, you need to count the cost. Because following me means denying yourself, picking up a cross, and following me every moment of every day, trusting me in all things. 
Following Jesus is not going to be easy, but following Jesus is worth it because your soul is worth it. This is a decision that all of us personally need to make. Will you decide to follow Jesus? Now, if you've already made that decision, whether it was last week, last year, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, you need to sit with the question of who's following who right now? Have I made following Jesus something less than what it actually is in order for it to become easier? Because if you'd be honest and say, that's what I've been doing, then today is your opportunity to simply say, I'm rejecting that followership anymore. I'm rejecting of trying to invite Jesus to follow me, and I'm repenting of that, and I'm turning. Jesus denied myself, picking up a cross, and I'm following you. And if you're here today and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, you've been following the cultural invitation to follow yourself, your dreams, and your plans, then I want to invite you today to follow Jesus. Why? Because it's worth it and your soul matters. Jesus is the only one who brings you into right relationship with God both now and forever. And if you've never made the decision to say, Jesus, I hear you calling me to follow you, today you can simply say yes. I will follow you. What I love about following Jesus is it is a personal decision that you have to make, but it's a public declaration that you get to make. It's not personal and private and then to keep it to yourself. It's personal public. And today, we have the opportunity to celebrate men and women who've made the decision to follow Jesus, whether it was last year, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or maybe you'll make it today. But you have the opportunity, if you have never made uh, that public declaration that you're a follower of Christ, you can do that today through baptism. I remember I got baptized when I was about 20 years old. I was baptized initially in the Catholic Church as an infant, but I got baptized when I was 19 or 20 because I wanted to make the declaration that I made the personal decision that it is worth following Jesus, and I want to publicly declare that through baptism.